to Industrial Automation Insider. I'm Will Korn, Senior Sales Manager for Fixed Industrial Scanning, Machine Vision, and Industrial Automation here at Zebra. And I have to say, it has been a busy trade show season in the automation space. There is no doubt everyone is making up for lost time. I personally attended Modex back in March and then uh, Automate recently here in June, along with pretty much the entire Zebra Industrial Automation team. I mean, we had everybody there, including my two guests today, Laith Marmish and Graham Badnock. And Graham had the opportunity to pop into Automatica in Munich for a day in, in June as well. I think it's fair to say that we're all still trying to digest everything that we saw and heard at these events. Uh, but I figure what a better way to do this than share our collective insights and, and takeaways. So here we are. Laith and Graham, thanks for taking the time to catch up. I know it's late for both of you in Europe, so I appreciate it. You're welcome, Will. Pleased to be here. Yep, likewise. I, I thought we could start by sharing our top takeaways from this trade show season. Uh, is there a trend you guys are seeing unfold in the automation space, or perhaps you think we will see in the second half of this year heading into 2023? What's the buzz? Um, for me, we just kick it off well I, I think for me i think it's that the relevance to organizations i think that automation has just increased massively in relevance to organizations um with the challenges that companies have got of hiring enough staff really they're looking to automate w wherever they can um in a recent warehouse survey i saw 66 percent of decision makers rank recruitment challenges as one of their top three drivers for implementing automation so really, I think if, if companies aren't looking at automation, they're going to start losing their competitive edge. You know, 66%, that's, that's, that's pretty high, and that's pretty um, significant out there. Like, yeah, what do you absolutely. see? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's huge. And actually, some of the, the companies that we've been working with when we've been doing ROI cases, return on investment cases when it comes to automation, I mean, they, um, they come out at less than 12 months because when you're looking at actually making up for not having enough people or optimizing your, your workforce, then you're, um, obviously your employees are one of the more expensive assets the companies have got. So these ROIs come out at less than 12 months. For me, well, like in, in, in the automation space as a whole, it's the AI deep learning type of stuff. I'm seeing a lot more of it. Um, before we all sat in a black box and people were like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. You know, it's kind of learning for itself. And, and now people are starting to understand how deep learning works. And it, it works by um, giving you lots of examples. And, and you're seeing it more and more because, because people are starting to accept that, yes, it is a black box, but I know what I have to feed it. I, know, I have to feed it loads of examples of those gray areas where I'm not quite sure if it's, you know, it's going to do one of two things it could kind of sit in the middle and then and then the system judges it for itself um, particularly with um, uh, machine vision as well so companies are really starting to push the boundaries with it making it easier to to deploy the kit um, but also moving into areas that i never thought we would see on the machine vision side uh, well this early anyway um, like uh, you and i will we saw one on video I didn't, didn't think you could use deep learning on video, you know, working on behavioral analysis with people and their, their manual operations just to say, right, OK, well, this is out of the ordinary and flagging it up. Um, but then also with 3D, you know, deep learning has pushed its way into into the third dimension. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see all the applications it can solve. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the the deep learning and the video because uh, my question, my next question was going to be what shocked you, and and I got to say that that shocked me uh, to see deep learning running on a on a video loop, and uh, I was I was very very impressed with that. Yeah. Well, what what did you see, Graham, that that shocked you, and and you know maybe I'll just take a second because I think both of you guys hit on a, a couple of good points, and maybe press on this for a second. 66% uh, return on investment for, for uh, or 66% of the companies are having labor shortages and being able to use automation in those, those areas to replace the people so that you can have uh, people being utilized in, in different, more uh, needed areas is, is huge. I think that that's, that's not messaged out enough and, and it's a good takeaway from, from the show. Or from from the whole series of of shows, and then AI. I agree with you, Lee. AI has been increasingly uh, more prevalent in all the shows that I've that I've seen, especially with utilizing anything from from a retail application all the way through the warehouse. And, and where I saw a lot of it at Automate is uh, they're they're using it for part recognition. Um, looking for anomalies in, in porous uh, castings or looking for anomalies in, in how things are, are being manufactured. So I think that that's, that's huge. Um, I appreciate you guys' input on that. And as far as anything that shocked you other than the video, uh, AI running on video, what did you guys see? Big one for me was the explosion of AMRs. Um, like every robotics company or even non-robotics companies embracing the, 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 the connectivity of AMRs between all of their different operations and the ways that you can do it. Um, you know, a, a, a couple of decades ago or even a decade ago, it was all about the articulated arm six, six axis robotics. And, and now it's right. Okay. Well, we've got that. We've got all these articulated arms. How do we connect all of these different cells together? How do we get line side replenishments? So it's a seamless operation. So it's really nice to see that. Uh, and it seems to be connecting, um, factory operations a, a lot more. Yeah. I think, I'd, I think I'd echo that. I mean, the, really that explosion of AMRs. So there was just lots of AMRs around. And I think one thing that's going to be really important as people are starting to look at automation in the warehouse is really that integration of fixed industrial scanning and AMRs together. So how you can really sort of seamlessly pull those two bits of technology together. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, transitioning into maybe some other trends out there. I, I, you know, going back to the labor shortage, I think that that's a, a, a big, a big need in the end to, to automate or to, you know, have some industrial automation built into these companies. But um, what other industrial automation applications are, are you guys seeing out there where, you know, we're, we're shifting from a, a reactive, which I think we've been in for a very long time now, especially through COVID. Most, most everything's been reactive. Uh, you know, more, more, more need for, for products going out with less labor force, but transitioning from a reactive to a proactive state, what, what growth challenges are we going to be experiencing? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the labor shortages, but obviously we've got all of the supply chain issues at the moment. And it's like, 
the, the whole proactive mentality is really coming to the fore now. People are going, right, okay, well, we had this issue. We couldn't get the labor in. We lost business because of it, because we couldn't make stuff fast enough. How do we put the infrastructure in place so that we can easily scale up or scale down as we need to without having to go out and hunt for, for labor? You know, it, it, it's, it's controlled internally. And, and like you said earlier, it means you can move those those employees to higher value tasks where they're working on the automation around all of it, figuring out how to create the infrastructure to adapt to all of the different changes that they see. And yeah. probably, on, probably on, on, on top of that, it's just, um, just obviously the supply chain challenges have been well documented for, for a while now, but I think companies are wanting greater visibility of their of their supply type, su- sorry, supply chain to cope with line side replenishment in the manufacturing operations. Yeah, and, and I think going back to what Leith said about the AMRs being a big part of this, I think this is why they're they're showcasing a lot of this. And and quite honestly, this is the reason why we changed our booth design to encompass a little bit more of a, a rounded out product because. They go hand in hand, right? And, and, and at least at Modex and Automate, um, this was, was prevalent. In the past, we would have to set up a product bar and show how different types of technologies work. This year, we demoed real world solutions, right? Uh, we showed how machine vision and fixed industrial scanners could be used in conjunction with RFID, autonomous mobile robots, mobile computers, tablets, print and apply machines. Um, we didn't talk about the benefits of the industrial automation or ro- robotics automation in silos. It was focused on how we could use this technology uh, together to achieve customer needs and objectives. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved what we had at Automate and, and Modex. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, to, to visit the, the show at Automate, and, and I absolutely loved the bridge that we had over the whole stand. It, it gave people the ability to see things holistically, like, like you said, to see how it all connects and they can imagine, you know, how it fits together with their operations instead of seeing certain elements of it here and not understanding how it connects to all the other operations on, on, on the, the plant floor. So, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I've got a feeling we'll be stealing that bridge idea for the IMHX show in September if we uh, if we can get it in there. Yeah, absolutely. Lately. Yeah, that's certainly the plan. We're going to be um, demonstrating it. So any of you that are around in, in Europe and in the UK, there's, there's a trade show IMHX in September. So we'll be demonstrating some of the, um, the integration of AMRs and fixed industrial scanning there. Yeah, so in in Europe, are you guys seeing uh, European-based manufacturers, logistics providers, shippers, and warehouse operators approach automation with a different sense of urgency than companies across America or or APAC, or is it is it very similar in in the approach? Um, I guess I can't really comment too much on the urgency in the Americas or APAC because I'm not. Haven't been to those regions for a while, but certainly in, in, in EMEA, um, really we're seeing a huge amount of urgency. It, it sort of comes back to the first point that I, that I made with labour shortages being um, right up there in terms of one of the top drivers for, for automation. But it's not just also labour shortages. If you couple that with the fact that um, some other data points that, that I've got from a, a recent survey that I saw was um, that 86% of decision makers have reported volume increases of over 24% in the last two years. 
So not only are they struggling to hire enough people, but it's also how do you cope with that expansion? Because maybe you've only got so much so much capacity in your warehouse. How can you get more more goods through that warehouse? How can you be more operationally efficient in in your warehouse? So again, I think you've um, you've got to basically introduce those operational improvements, automation to cope with that increased volume as well. So I think that's that's driving a lot of the urgency that we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Hence, uh, utilizing AMRs to maybe, you know, reduce the amount of real estate that you need for a conveyance or make it a little bit more dynamic and then being able to use scanners to, to read those and, and move the products interlogistically, uh, rather than, than, uh, just rely on people to move those from, from end of line to dock door, uh, move it in a little bit more even fashion and, and not rely so much on, on the labor force out there. It's that, that's huge. How do you scale while still trying to uh, with, with working with a, <laughs> a, a shortage in labor? That's yeah. What do you think? I mean, uh, the reality, the, the reality is this, this isn't a, a regional problem. It's not, it's not specific to APAC or, or North America or, or LATAM or whatever. It's, 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 it's a global issue, isn't it? The labor shortages and supply chain issues are a global problem. So any solutions to help improve it are a high priority with all of these companies, especially the ones that operate globally. They're going to learn from each other and see ways uh, they can improve their automation processes. Yeah. So after you had, conversations with decision makers out there what's their feeling on deploying machine vision to to take care of some of these problems um so i mean i think companies really have been sold on machine vision for a while i mean there's been a lot of companies that have been doing machine vision but i think there's many more companies now that are looking at introducing machine vision or companies that have been doing it are looking at doing more uh, more machine vision um if we take, I mean, if we take one example, if we take, say, food and beverage, where maybe they were just scanning a scanning a barcode on an item that had been that had been produced and had a label on it. Now, actually, there's a requirement um, for a lot more for traceability of foods and, and things like that. So actually, there's a requirement to check a lot more items on the label as well. So not just dates, but the origin of the food, etc. So a lot more checking going on. So. Um, label inspection, I think, is one example of something which is um, really a big sort of like focus here in the food and beverage vertical. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it, just real quick on on that. I think you bring up a good point about uh, some different things that are coming coming out with certification and and um, and needs to to comply. Right? Is we had a, a previous podcast that talked about uh, compliance with with. Food and Bev and then also Pharma, whereas the DC SCA compliance is coming out in November is, uh, how do we, how do we help companies get to that level? And, and really it's, you know, we have that, the, the new deep learning OCR capability. We have some other things coupled with the, the track and trace. We're also going to be asked to validate characters on on the labels or validate that it's going to a specific address and and having that traceability along with capturing those images right so mm-hmm. sorry Liz, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off but i thought that that was a, an interesting point that it's all coming full circle that uh it's interwoven that the compliance is driving a lot of a lot of how we deal with it coupled with the the labor force 
issues seems like a, a pretty good perfect storm for machine vision and fixed industrial scanning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I was just going to say, well, it's, it's also attached to that is is that it's a lot more accessible these days. You know, machine vision used to be something that used to be quite difficult to deploy, um, you know, with the advances in deep learning. And, and well, just look at what your mobile phone's done in the last 10 years. And you can kind of extrapolate that to what machine vision can do these days compared to 10 years, years ago. Um, so it's it's the technologies there, but also the technologies become a lot cheaper as well. So, you know, a five megapixel camera nowadays is, is a fraction of what it used to be five years ago, never mind 10 years ago. Uh, and on top of that, the the, the way you, you, you set them up has become a lot simpler. It's a lot easier to deploy. Again, you know, going back to the deep learning side of things, they don't have to be a, a machine vision guru to, to deploy these things now. They can get it out there quite quickly onto the line, show a bunch of examples, and, and then it, it learns for itself. So uh, that I think is is really giving all of these um, these manufacturers uh, uh, the confidence in, in machine vision. Yeah, and what about the the AMRs? Do you see decision makers also starting to embrace the solution approach to technology modernization with in regards to AMRs, and or, or do you feel they're still looking for fixes in a in a fragmented, reactive manner. Yeah, I, I think it's it's helping streamline operations. And like Graham mentioned earlier, it gives them a lot more visibility into the line side um, replenishment and you know, supply chain stuff just to know exactly where things are coming from, how quickly it's going to get to their line, not just to the dock door. They have automation systems that takes it from dock doors right to the line. Um, so I think uh, all of the, the decision makers are seeing the value in AMRs just to, to give them a li- little bit of foresight into what's going on on, on the lines. Yeah, and on the um, the modernization um, angle, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think modernization of certainly of the warehouse has in, increased. And I saw some other stats that showed that 87% plan to accelerate the timeframes for um, the introduction of modernization of the warehouse, because obviously if you are going to be introducing automation, um, et cetera, then you've got you've got to modernize the facilities that that you've got. And it's not it's not it's not that proactive approach that we talked about before when you do it in a more of a fragmented manner. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that. As technology develops and what you guys saw at, at, at our booth and some of the other booths out there was, uh, we're better together. And if we can, if we can connect these technologies, I think the, the story is, uh, much more compelling when you can, you can automate from one platform. So, um, you know, is there something that you guys felt that was missing? from the conversations at the show, uh, benefit of industrial automation or AMRs you felt was downplayed or overlooked perhaps, or considerations that decision makers need to keep in mind more as they're evaluating possible technology solutions? I think from from my perspective, from being at a few trade shows and talking to um, a few end users there, is sometimes the technology can be a bit confusing. So, um there's lots of different ways to introduce automation machine vision um so where can it be introduced how best to do it what additional machine vision inspections can be incorporated onto manufacturing line so there's lots of different options and if a company hasn't done it before 
then it can be a it can be a bit of a minefield. What should they do first? Where so really I'd recommend that companies talk talk to specialist partners or vendors who can advise them on the improvement areas for automation or machine vision and really provide them with options and corresponding return on investments. There's quite often different solutions that they could look at deploying. So I think take the time, look at the whole situation, speak to um, re- relevant experts. So I'd really say that um, speak to specialist partners or Zebra is more than willing to help companies on their journey as well. So really reach out to your Zebra representative or, or partner who can help advise you. That's 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 great. I think getting professionals involved early on in the process of of the evaluation is key. Doing on-site evaluations as to the facilities is is huge. Getting in my experience, every time that I went into a facility and was able to do a site survey and and walk through and discuss the the, the processes and then be able to provide an expert advice was was huge. Uh, it was actually the, the game changer in whether that was going to be a successful deployment or, or not, right? Because you had the customer there and in mind and, and you were able to walk them through and understand their process because not every process is the same, whether it's a, a, a manufacturing, a food and manufacturing line or whether it's a warehouse, uh, DC or FC facility. They're, they're all, they're all a little bit different, right? Yep. Absolutely. What do, what do you think there, Leif? Yeah, I mean, the, the site assessment of, of, of what goes on in their operations, I think it's key just to understand where the bottlenecks are and, and where the, the potential to, to improve operations. I mean, I love this space. And one thing I have to say with our recent you know, move into industrial automation is all of the partners with all of their expertise that we're now working with. Um, it's so exciting to hear all of the different advances that that I may have missed out on had I uh, just stuck to uh, the machine vision element. Seeing all of the industrial automa- automation as a whole again is really refreshing for me. And it's so exciting to um, to, to have all of this um, uh, to work with again. Yeah, I'm extremely excited about our our path because we have the ability to to deploy many technologies where you can take it from an a la carte menu in in an industrial automation space of using RFID or fixed industrial scanning machine vision or or you know AMRs or you can combine these and take them put them together right so it, this is a this is a very cool time um and I'm sure we could go on for hours about where automation is heading, but, you know, let, let's pause here huh. for now. Um, I think this has been a great discussion and it has been helpful for me to hear your experiences from the shows because there's just so much to absorb, right? I mean, these shows are fast paced. Um, there's a lot of innovating things that are going out there in the industry and, and these are changing, right? So, um, I know we'll have more opportunities in the coming months to dig into some of these trends and discuss the best practices that companies should keep in mind as they continue their automation journeys. So, again, thank you both for joining me. I really appreciate your time today and your expertise. Thanks, Robert. Will. It's been great to join you and Leith here um, talking about this stuff. Yeah, no, thanks for the invitation, William. It's, uh, it's I, I love talking about this stuff. So, any any opportunity to chew the fat with you about it yeah i'm all in well we'll definitely have both of you guys back on the show and uh maybe we can talk about how that ai is deploying and 
and how we're we're increasing ROI with uh, with automating and, and fixed industrial scanning or machine vision. And, and thank you for our listeners for sticking around with us today. In upcoming episodes, we'll be sitting down with Zebra partners and customers to hear about their experiences with different types of industrial automation solutions. So I hope you'll tune back in soon. Until then, I'm William Corns signing off for Industrial Automation Insider. Have a great one.